Season 2, Episode 51, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, a third Sabbath controversy. 49, we had one. Uh, 50, Episode 50, we had one. And now we're on Episode 51. We have the third Sabbath controversy with the Pharisees over the healing of a man with a withered hand in a synagogue. We don't know the synagogue. Uh, no, no city was mentioned, but I'm pretty sure we're in Galilee. Uh, he's returned from his trip to the feast day in Jerusalem, where he got in trouble for violations of the Sabbath. And in the last episode, he got in trouble for his disciples eating uh, on the Sabbath or grinding grain in the, their hands so they could eat it on the Sabbath. Um, approximately 80-30, using Usher's chronology, Schofield uses. Mark, uh, we're going to look at uh, six verses in Mark chapter 3, six verses in Mark chapter 12, and uh, six verses in Luke chapter 6. So, um, we're still in part 7, and we'll be until episode 71, and again we're on 51, so we've got... 20 more episodes to go uh, in the great Galilean ministry which lasts approximately a year and a half uh, and you add that to the year of obscurity you got two and a half years and uh, then you've got his ministry is three plus years so anyway um, we could be a little short of the halfway mark of his public ministry at this point. Uh, we're taking a look at uh, with with uh, episode 49 and 50 and 51, which is today's episode. We've started uh, a new subpart, part three, the Sabbath controversy in Jerusalem and in Galilee, and it finishes with these uh, with episode 51. So there are just only three episodes in this in this uh, subpart of part seven. And we'll st I'll introduce the, the new episode, or the new subpart four, at the end of this message. All right, based on A.T. Robertson's A Harmony of the Gospels for Students' Life of Christ, copyright 1922, and C.I. Schofield's the Schofield Reference Bible, copyright 1909. Uh, with all this controversy about doing work on the Sabbath, uh, I looked for it and I couldn't find it. But uh, I know that Jesus uh, was was trying to make a point and saying that the priests work on the Sabbath. And I thought they might be doing sacrifices and stuff like that. But anyway, A.T. Robertson, in one of his notes, uh, pointed to circumcision. Circumcision on the eighth day. Now, I don't know how many... There were three million when they left Israel, I mean Egypt, under Moses, and that was about a thousand years before this, something like that. Anyway, um, 1500, uh, from Christ to Abraham was 42 generations, so I'll let you do the math. Oh, speaking of doing the math, by the way, I was talking about the marriage of Cana and, and how big it was. It's pi r squared, not 2 pi r. 2 pi r is the circumference of the circle, pi r squared is the radius. And if you go 20 miles radius, 30 miles radius, then you 
square 30 miles, you got 900 square miles, and you multiply that by 3.14 or 3, you got 27, somewhere close to 3,000 square miles of people being invited to uh, a party if the radius of the invitation was 30 miles from Cana. Anyway, um, for any of you scientists out there that know I made a mistake. All right. Um, so priests work on the Sabbath because they, they circumcise on the eighth day. And I don't know how many people were born in Miami uh, each day, but I bet it's quite a few. And it's not too hard to look up records like that. But anyway, the circumcision is kind of a being done on the eighth day. At least the president of my Bible college made a big point about how that was the perfect time. The blood coagulates in an engineering degree from the University of uh, uh, uh not Florida State, but University of Florida. He's a big Gator fan, but he was also uh, an engineer from that school before he went to Bible college. Anyway, he made a big deal about the fact that, that the eighth day was the perfect day to circumcise the baby. On an older person, it's a, it's much more um, dangerous, bloody. Um, it's a kind of on a side of uh, major, but, or could be. On a little baby, not that big a deal. All right, but it was the eighth day, and that goes back to the law of Abraham, which, you know, Christ is a, a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And he, and he argues in Hebrews that, or the writer of Hebrews argues that Melchizedek, uh, that Abraham offered uh, sacrifice to, not sacrifice, but you know, a tithe, offered a tithe to Melchizedek, and that is what the Jewish people do to Levi, but Levi was the son of of uh, Jacob, while Abraham was the grandfather of of Jacob. So, anyway, um, so there's no question that the the Jewish people circumcise on the eighth day, regardless of whether it's a Sabbath or not. So, anyway, we're going to be talking about Sabbath again today. So, okay, Mark chapter three, verses one through six. Mark chapter three, verses one through six. Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In Mark chapter 3, verse 1, it says, And Jesus entered again into the synagogue, and it doesn't say which one. And there was a man there with a withered hand. I think this is like the next day or just shortly after they were, in, they were out in the wild and they fed themselves from grain. Uh, anyway, uh, on the Sabbath, so this is this is another Sabbath, so it'd have to be a week later at least. Uh, they watched him. They being the Pharisees and Sadducees, Pharisees and, and scribes, they watched Jesus whether he would heal him, the man with the withered hand, on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. Pretty sad. And Jesus saith unto the man which had a withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day? Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or to do evil, to save life or to kill it? Rhetorical question. And of course, they held their peace. Jesus seems always to have the last word unless unless their word is kill him, kill him, kill him. 
or give us Barabbas. You know, but anyway, but in an argument, they, they showed up pretty quick. Verse 5, And when Jesus looked around about them with anger, he was angry at the leaders of the synagogue, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts. He saith unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. Now, this is probably a small town. The guy with the withered hand is pretty well known. He's grown up probably with the withered hand, and now he has a regular good hand. And Jesus just becomes more famous and more famous. But it's hard to get more famous than he is right now, but I guess he will. He's going to have the Sermon on the Mount coming up, so looking forward to that. A little different, uh, just teaching doctrine and not teaching who, what, where, when, and why. Although there'll be some of that in there, I'm sure. Verse 6, And the Pharisees went forth straightway, took counsel with the Herodians against Jesus, how they might destroy or kill him. Look it up in the Greek. Literally or figuratively to kill. All right, I think it was literal here, which in two years they accomplish. Matthew chapter 12, verse 9. Matthew chapter 12, verse 9. Matthew chapter 9, verse 12 through 14. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 9, it says, And when he was departed thence, I think, well, he went to their synagogue. I don't really know where they were. I thought they were in the field, but it sounded like that was a Sabbath deal too. So a week had gone by. Anyway, verse 10. And behold, there was a man that had a withered hand, a hand withered, and they asked him, asked Jesus, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. And just set the ball up on the tee for, for Jesus to make a hole in one. Anyway, that they might accuse him. And Jesus said unto them, What man shall there be among you that will have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will not lay hold on it and lift it out? So they lived by the letter of the law, I mean the the spirit of the law, but they, I don't know, in certain areas they they stuck to the the letter of the law, not the spirit of the law. Like like David eating the showbread or... Uh, doing good on the Sabbath. Verse 12. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. You asked him, uh, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? He answers your question, wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. From God's lips to your ears, to our ears. Verse 13, Then saith Jesus to the man, Stretch forth thy hand, and he stretched it forth, and it was restored like the other. And the Pharisees went out and held counsel against Jesus how they might destroy him. Depending on your translation, kill him. Verse 6. Um, yeah, verse 6. Luke chapter 6. Verse 6 through 11. So we're in Luke chapter 6, verse 6. Luke chapter 6, verse 6. Luke chapter 6, 
verse 6. By the way, it was Hosea 6, 6, where God wants mercy rather than sacrifice. Anyway, speaking of fasting. All right, Luke chapter 6, verse 6 says, And it came to pass also on another Sabbath, that Jesus entered into the synagogue and taught, which was his habit to do, which is kind of a Jewish synagogue thing to do. You read from the scrolls, and uh, they all wanted to hear Jesus for different reasons, I guess. And there was a man whose right hand was withered. Get a little more information. Uh, verse 7, And the scribes and Pharisees watched Jesus, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. What a sad, sad life. Have the Son of God, the incarnation of God, and all you can do in your presence, all you can do is find fault and hate. But they thought he was a liar or a lunatic, not a lord. They thought he was a liar, I guess. They surely had no mercy. And he knew their thoughts and said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he rose up and stood forth. Verse 9, Then said Jesus unto them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? save life or to destroy it. Verse 10, And looking round about upon them all, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thy hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And they were filled with madness. You know, I was thinking about that word, mad. I'm mad. A lot of times, you know, there's a difference. An argument is technically a uh, a legal thing, a legal argument. An argument uh, can be made without anger and without madness. And Jesus makes very good arguments. Arguments that no one can speak against. All they can do is just turn it into a quarrel or turn it into madness. And they were filled with madness and communed one with another what they might do to Jesus. Unbelievable. Next podcast, Lord willing, will be season two, episode 52. It will be a new subpart, subpart four. Episode 52 is entitled, Jesus Teaches and Heals Great Multitudes by the Sea of Galilee which I think it was in Capernaum that would say in Capernaum. So, um, Again, we're still in part seven, the great Galilean ministry. Sub, we're just starting with, with episode 52. We'll just be starting um, subpart four, which again, like subpart three, only has three, ep- three episodes, episode 52, 53, and 54. 
And in episode 52, the choice of the 12, so right now the only ones that have been named so far are Andrew, his brother Peter, James and John, brothers, um, Philip and Nathaniel, that's six, and Levi, Matthew, the tax collector in Capernaum. So now in the Sea of Galilee, he's going to reveal his 12. And I just have to say, for people that are hung up on the word chosen, which some people believe that God picks and chooses who's going to believe, which I totally reject. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth, it's not whosoever I choose to believe. Judas had a choice, and he chose not to believe. But anyway, the choice of the twelve and the, and the Sermon on the Mount is is in episode, in part four, subpart four. But in ep, the next episode, Jesus teaches the great multitudes by the Sea of Galilee. So I'm kind of jumping ahead of myself here a little bit. But anyway, in John chapter 6, verse 70, Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? speaking to the disciples. So again, being chosen is not enough. You've got to respond in faith, which Judas did not. It says he never Jesus knew he never believed. Anyway, last supper time frame, which Thomas, I don't know if he believed until Jesus came back from the dead, but I think he believed when he saw the holes in his hands. I hope you believe you only have your lifetime to believe. So, believe. All right, I will say adios, which is to God. And I will say via con Dios, which is go with God.